We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Good morning, Sister Twain. Cup of the morning to you, Brother Coffee. It's 10.30 p.m. It is, because that's when we have time to do anything. You know what I'm grateful for? What? So sometimes when we record the pod, the PCAST, I think, God, are we like, are we going to be able to keep coming up with ideas, like things to talk about? <laughs> like, I, wor- I worry about it because I just think how many episodes about like, the top five ways that I'm damaged and <laughs> fucked up. Like, how many of those can there be? Can we sustain this trend? But then what I'm grateful for is that the Mormon church keeps doing fucking shit fuck. And it just gives us a new topic. It's like they're paying us to no, do this. No, honestly, it's like they can't, they can't leave well enough alone. So we just will always have fresh content. And you know there's at least there are at least two people in the church office building who don't believe anymore, but they're afraid to say that because they don't want to lose their livelihood, and they listen to this. So right. Shout out so. to you. Shout out to the people in the we, church office building. I mean, we have a friend who accepted a calling as the ward librarian, and she doesn't have a, a testimony anymore. We we support you in your choice. We get it. We get it. You got to fight your own battles. Hey, welcome to Hot Drinks. <laughs> hey, we, hey, welcome to Hot Drinks. This is a podcast, and, and tonight's episode is more of a brevet. Right. A brevet is, quote unquote, a shorter, a shorter episode. episode, or maybe a half episode, a brief. Sure, it means sure, brief, but sure. usually it's like what? Like 47 minutes long. <laughs> and a regular episode is like 57 minutes long. <laughs> we so do it's our best. Significantly shorter. Maybe we could add, stop adding in as many interludes. Maybe. But Those the interludes are so, are so fun. fun. Everyone loves no, an interlude. I know. <laughs> so anyway, um, we are here today in this brevet to talk about the recent Washington Post article where a whistleblower who worked for an organization that deals with the church and investments, and we'll get into all the specifics, <coughs> yeah. alleges mm-hmm. that the church has $100 billion stockpiled. Yeah. That they have been collecting from tithing money and donations. Uh-huh. That they're like saving for a rainy day. <laughs> Slash the second coming of the Jesus. The second coming of Jesus, yeah. <laughs> or at least that's what someone said. It's right. not like their p- official party line, I guess. Right. right. No, that was, that was part of the allegations of this whistleblower in the sort of 74-page document that they wrote when they sub- filed this claim to the IRS. And one of my Mormon friends said, well, that was either a joke or it was taken out of context. And I was like, was it? <laughs> Anyway, so before we jump into the meat and potatoes mm-hmm. of this hundred and seventy billion, whatever, yeah, do we have any women's work, like things we want to cover, or since it's a brevet, do you just want to get into the? Do you uh, just want to get the P into the B, uh, well, as we, it were? Normally, or I, into the A. Normally, I would say let's get that P in somewhere. Yeah, but I have one item. Okay. Um, Harry Styles' new album, you guys. You guys. We mentioned it on the last, or maybe we did. I don't no, know. No, I think you mentioned it on Instagram. I don't think you've mentioned it oh, on okay. the pod. You need to fucking listen to Jesus it. Jesus Lord and oh my Savior. God. Why is it so good? It's, I, <sighs> let's not pick that apart. We've let been me, through enough with the Washington Post Let me say Post a few article. things about Harry Styles. Okay. Number one, his nipples are very small, but very attractive. <laughs> very, I'm very into them. <laughs> What a small nipple is. They're oh, nipples are small. small. Are you talking about the areola? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Like just the just the ratio of like nipple to like peck. And he has really <laughs> nice pecks. I think they're like kind of smooth. Just smooth. Yeah, they're smooth. Maybe not like, a handful, but like I mean like a half handful. Sure. Like a half like um if oh, what's that bra company that all the podcasts are sponsored by? Joybird or something? No, that's oh, a furniture company. Free Love? Free Love. For three. Three. Three, three love, love. Where they have signature half cup sizes. Harry Styles wears a signature half cup size. Because <laughs> it's just a half handful. If but you a nice nipple. If you were rock climbing him, yes. there'd be plenty there to grab. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But just a nice nipple that I want to tweak. Number two. <laughs> About Harry Styles. Yeah, that was number one. Number yeah. two. Just in my mind, he uh-huh. just has a long, uncut dick. Like, kind of a long, skinny, British like, uncut dick. Like that Jesus dick we talked about? No, no. That's, like, fat and girthy and, like, <laughs> veiny. Harry Styles is, like, Harry Styles is more like Bob Barker's microphone oh, on my, the Oh, 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 my God, oh, my God. Where it's, like, really long and slender. 
Have you been uh, to England? Oh, yeah, of course. I used when to you, live in England. When you walked the streets of London, didn't you just look at everyone and think, you've got a long, uncut dick, <laughs> you've got a long, uncut dick? You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think, we're not thinking of girth when we're there. We're not in Greece or Macedonia. Where is Macedonia a place? It is, but I don't know where it is. But we're, look. We're talking about London, so it's like a long, skinny. When you said that. Hooded. <laughs> Hooded elf. <laughs> when you said, and you've got a long uncut dick, and yeah. you've got, I, you sounded like Oprah. Except like mm. you're the gay Oprah of London. I hear that all you're the time. You're the gay Oprah of London. Can we? Of Becky, London town. Becky, write that down for a t shirt. <laughs> I'm the gay Oprah of London. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like that covers our women's work. Yeah. Harry Styles uncut dick. Yeah. Oh, and the last episode we did, which mm-hmm. was all about my mom. Yeah. And my dad. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly certain my mom listened to it. Right, yeah. right. Because she texted me out of nowhere and we don't really talk. So, right. uh, And she, I got this text last night. Kind of a vague, passive-aggressive text. Completely vague and passive-aggressive. Right. She said, very interested, very very interesting, very interesting indeed. Thanks for the clarification and the perspective. Have a Merry Christmas. So. <laughs> Anita. We salute you, Anita, <laughs> if you are listening right now. Um, I want I, your mom to hear one now. Oh, Jesus Lord. <laughs> Anita, if you are listening, I'm sure you think I'm such a dumb gay faggot. I'm sure she just listens and she thinks, that dumb gay faggot. I hate those dumb gay faggots. Anyway. I don't think she feels that way about the gays. Okay. I mean. But she feels that way about me. She maybe has changed because she loves Trump more and more every day. But I'm like, I'm dragging you down. You know what I mean? Oh, you're a bad influence. I'm a bad influence yeah. on you. So that's why I'm a, good, I'm a dumb gay faggot. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so let's get into the hundred billion <coughs> that your religion has stolen from you. The what? The hundred billion. Wait, wait, start over. Hundred billion. <laughs> of, what are you talking about? Dollars? I, I was going to save Zygotes? this for later. I was going to save this for later in the episode, but... I want to just put this number in perspective, and then I want to take a break, and we'll jump into the whole story. Okay. This is the point of the brevet, right? Yes. So uh-huh. I think as as humans, mm. we think a million is a lot, and we think a billion is like a little bit more, right? Right. Like, I don't think we really fully <laughs> comprehend. So when we hear that, like, Bill uh-huh. Gates has $100 billion of net worth, we just think like, oh, well, like, he's like a millionaire Plus, Plus, like a millionaire bonus. Oh, he's a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daddy Warbucks was a billionaire. So if the church took this $100 billion they had, yeah. and every single day they spent $1 million uh-huh. on charitable work, yeah. you know, they, they, they paid off people's debts and they, they helped out impoverished communities and they donated money to, you know, organizations that are working to help, <clears throat> you know, help disenfranchise people. If they spent $1 million per day uh-huh. and they never took in another penny of income right. and that $100 billion never <clears throat> earned one cent of interest or grew in any way, they, mm-hmm. just, they just shut all the coffers and they just said, we're going to spend this $100 billion and we're going to spend $1 million a day. Remember that movie Brewster's Millions where he had to spend like a million a day with Richard Pryor? Anyway, oh, it's like that. my God. It's like that. <laughs> it would take them 273 years to spend $100 billion. Spending $1 million a day. Uh-huh. So that means if you, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm a little tipsy, so this math may not work out. But if they, let's say they spent $10 million a day. It would still take like over, like close to thirty years to spend all that money. Yep, and that's with no growth, no no more money coming and whatever. Yeah, a hundred billion dollars of your tithing money. <clears throat> so the basics are: yesterday I was standing in Lizzie's where I work. Um, there was a private event that I had to uh, monitor. Oh, yeah, you were supposed to bring me leftover food from that. Oh, it's in my fridge God still. damn it. I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, so I'm monitoring this private party, and uh, I get a tweet in the group tweet that we have, you, myself. It's called a text. So, oh, a group text. Oh, my God. I've had, <laughs> I've had a weed, and I've had a hot toddy. Okay. Um, because I'm, I've got the flu. So you just kind of pile up on everything that you've right. got. Um, and... You text us, me, Sandy, Brother Tian come, and it's something, a news thing from Apple, Apple News. 
Right. And the the the. Do you remember what the uh, title the the, the headline, headline said? Something. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Mormon Church has misled mem- this Washington Post. Mormon Church has misled members on a hundred billion tax exempt investment funds. Whistleblower alleges. Uh, so let's take a break. Let's take a break right there. Okay, we're back with our $100 billion. Breve. Breve. Um, okay, so, so go ahead. Okay, so before we talk about our emotional reactions to this <laughs> response, I want to just kind of go through some of the specific details from the article and from the allegation. Mm-hmm. So this this all came to light, and I, fuck, I didn't write down his name. Anyway, <clears throat> from a guy. Oh, yeah who worked for a company called Enzyme Peak Advisors, mm-hmm. which is a is an investment branch of the church. Mm-hmm. And so because it operates sort of under the umbrella of the church, it operates largely tax-free. It has to file a few taxes on a few of its investments, but it is not filing regular taxes on its, on, on its investments mm-hmm. because it's part of the church, which is a not-for-profit organization, mm-hmm. which means that it is a tax-exempt. It's a tax-exempt organization. And and apparently this whistleblower kind of gathered all this information and wrote this and then was sort of hesitant to share it. And so his twin brother is the one that um, – I think he, I think the whistleblower filed the complaint with the IRS but didn't want to go public with it. And then yeah. his twin brother is the one that kind of went right. public with it and said this, um, this information needs to come public. Yeah. So the basic allegations mm-hmm. – um, is that the church is gathering tithing money. And for those of you who aren't members um, or who are never Mo's, and in fact, we owe a demitas on tithing that we oh, need to do for yeah. a gentle listener. But anyway, mm-hmm. essentially, as a Mormon member of the church, you are you are required to pay 10% of your income to the church. And I say required because it's not really optional. If you don't pay that 10%, you can't go to the temple. Mm-hmm. You could not hold a calling in the church. Mm. You would not be a member in good standing if you did not pay that 10%. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're in financial hardship, if you're barely making ends meet, yeah. if you're you know, struggling. Like, because what you are taught as a Mormon is that paying that 10% opens the windows of heaven mm-hmm. to bring blessings into your life. Right. Now, I could do, we could do a whole episode on that because I believe that like when we live in a world where we believe in abundance, then abundance is brought back upon us. And so there is some truth to that, that when you are when you are generous and free with your money, that money flows back to you. But it has nothing to do with giving money to some Mormon god. <clears throat> right. And um, so just picture – a young family or a, a single mom a single mom who wants the blessings of the temple and when you're in the temple they say you are the closest to heaven that you can be on the face of the earth okay so put yourself in the mindset of someone who believes and they're really struggling financially they probably um <clears throat> Or barely, you know, they're probably feeding their kids ramen and mac and cheese every day. Right. You know, um, they're having to borrow money to make a car payment or they're late on payments, whatever, what have you. They cannot go to the temple. Right. If they do not give 10% of their right. income. Right. Right. And, and there's there's and, no wiggle room with that. Like, you can't be like, Bishop, right. like, you know, money is really tight for us this year. I'm barely making ends meet. Because what you would be met with was... If you are generous and give this money to God, he will open up blessings to you and you will receive Mm -hmm. more in return. Mm -hmm. So there's not like a wiggle room of like, we get it. You're barely surviving. Mm -hmm. So you're you're off the hook for this year. If you're not giving that money, you cannot receive the blessings of the church. And you know what? If you're in financial hardship, they never say, skip tithing this month. What they say is, let us pay your electric bill. Right. Let us pay your car note this month. Whatever. But... There is something... You still pay that tithing. You still pay the tithing. And that is part of that programming, right? Right, right. Like, look, we're helping you. Right. But you, in turn, get to help the Lord. Right. So, So, again, the allegation is that a lot of this money that is being paid in tithing, which you are told as members is being used to sort of build up the kingdom of God. Like, what you're told all the time is this tithing money is used to build churches and build temples and to pay for the operating costs of the church. It's not 
it's not specifically designed for well whatever it's that's what you're told mm-hmm. it's it's building it's building up the kingdom of god well what this whistleblower alleges who worked for enzyme peak advisors is that actually that money is just going into a giant pool of money <laughs> where it is being invested mm-hmm. to create more money yeah. to the tune of 100 billion dollars mm-hmm. worth of money yeah. so imagine again that single mom who is living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. and who, when she has to write that $60 tithing check, Mm -hmm. you know, because she just got her her two-week paycheck for $600 or whatever, and that $60 is a huge fucking deal. I mean, you and I have both lived on unemployment, so we both know, like, what that feels like. Like, that that, that 10% chunk of your unemployment check feels like so much money. But she does it anyway because she wants to be obedient and she wants to be righteous. That money is then going into a giant pool of $100 billion to continue to grow that money. So picture a single mom named Sister Latter-day Twain. (laughs) Imagine, if you will. (laughs) And she has never missed tithing. Mm -hmm. She's been a single mom for roughly a year. Right. Um, at this point, only working part-time because one of her kids is, is only in kindergarten, which is half day. Um, and, uh, again, you've been paying your tithing, paying your fast offerings even. Fast offerings is just a little extra. Right. And that is, a, that allegedly goes to like help the poor and the needy, right. and we'll, which is so fun because you're the single mom. I'm the like, needy mom. You're the fucking poor and needy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I talk to my bishop about helping me out with my bills, mm-hmm. right? I'm paying a tithing and fast offering, so I ask if you pay for my bill, pay, help me with help some of my yeah. bills. Um, and keep in mind, I'm a brand new single mom. Right. Uh, so he pays my rent, or I should say the funds from the ward right. pay my rent for uh three or four months and that was a lot for me emotionally yeah to think about at the time this was 2011 and i lived in southern utah and rent was like crazy affordable and i lived in a brand new condo for only 750 a month Uh um but um Three, it was a moment weighing on me emotionally because I was just thinking, God, that's just, they've helped me out so much. I feel so terrible. Well, I tell them I finally got this part-time job and I should be able to pay rent next month. Well, what really happened was I was catching up on some bills, wasn't able to do, to make rent make sense with all my other bills and feeding the kids and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I went to him after I had said, I think I'll be able to do it next month. And I said, I'm not going to be able to pay rent this month. And I was going to ask if I could have it paid for me again. Mm-hmm. And he let out a huge sigh and rolled his eyes. Oh, jeez. Just, like, like, just like Jesus would have done. Right, exactly. Think about this news. Right. But even before, just the news before, which was thirty-two billion, right? And now that we know, it's it's astronomically more. <clears throat> so thirty-two billion was from an article in nineteen ninety-seven that said that the church's assets totaled thirty-two billion. Mm-hmm. And what we're learning from this whistleblower is that this one investment group, one investment group, uh-huh. controls one hundred billion dollars of investments. So it has nothing to do with the church's real estate holdings. I mean, the church owns some of the church owns so much land in the United States. It owns one of the largest, I don't know, cattle farms in like Southern America. Like so many, so many land holdings. So this one hundred billion is coming from one investment <coughs> arm of the church and has nothing to do with all of these other land holdings and you right. know whatever other money that the right. church has. Right. Um, in that article. Again, to, to give you an idea of how much money this is, they, there is a graph, and it shows the largest hedge fund in the country. It's $160 billion. Right. It's, that's what it's worth. 
Uh, Microsoft Cash and Short-Term Investments, which is the largest corporate cash reserve, $136 billion. Right. Microsoft. Right. Right below that is Bill Gates' net worth, richest person, $111.5 billion. Right. And then the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right. And then under that, at half that amount, at $49 billion, is Harvard University Endowment Assets. Right. Um, just to kind of give you a scope of, like, the, the church is one of the big boys. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're one of the big boys. Well, and that's why, I mean, and this is a whole other Oprah, but that's why when people try to say, oh, the church doesn't get involved in politics and the church doesn't really have a political voice and blah, blah, blah. The church controls more money than most of the largest corporations in the world. Exactly. So to tr- to, <laughs> to believe that that exists independent mm-hmm. of political involvement is compl- is so naive. <laughs> Is so naive. <laughs> if you have that much money, if you are one of the largest political players on earth, mm-hmm. um, then you for sure are controlling politics to help control that money. Yeah. I want to take a little break. And then I want to, when we come back, I want to read a couple other little kind of snippets from the article from the Washington Post that just kind of underline like how disgusting and amoral this situation is. Cool. Hi, bitches. Hey. We're back. Take two. We actually recorded the segment once and then my phone froze. It was weird. We did, but we, we just kept going. We just kept going. So we're we were re- like, keep talking, we're keep talking. Re- literally redoing. So. so I want to read just two, two quick quotes from the article um, that was in the Washington Post. So number one, this is a quote from Lars Nelson, who is the brother of David Nelson. David Nelson is the one who worked for Enzyme Peak Advisors who filed the complaint with the IRS. And the reason he's filing a complaint with the IRS is because his allegation is is that these activities are not the activities of a tax-free organization. If you want to maintain your tax-exempt status, there are and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the article about this if you want to go read it and I didn't dig yeah. into it too I didn't pull too many quotes from this. But essentially if you want to maintain your your uh, eligibility as a tax exempt organization, you have to spend a certain amount of the money you taking you are taking in on charitable work, and the church is obviously not doing that right. because they're stockpiling the money. Yeah. Um, anyway, so one of the quotes was: "Having seen tens of billions in contribution and scores more in investment return come in, and having seen nothing except two unlawful distributions to for profit concerns go out." He was dejected beyond words, and so was I. So that was Lars Nelson. Um, the for-profit concerns that he mentioned, that in his 22 years in at Enzyme Investing, the only time he saw, he saw money spent was once to um, support a – to bail out a church-run insurance company mm-hmm. and the other time to – bail out and to shore up um, the City Creek Mall, which is a mall that the church built in downtown Salt Lake City. So, And it wasn't doing so hot for a minute. Yeah, so there. Were, I think when it was new, you know, it was kind of when there was an economic downturn, people weren't going to malls as much, and so the church used money from Enzyme Investing to kind of support, shore up that investment, pay some of the operating costs, pay some of the advertising costs, whatever. So thank you, single mom, yeah. Latter-day Twain, yeah, for me. writing that $60 check. I'm the because reason. you helped a mall I did. stay on its feet. Yeah. And God bless you for it. I that, know. That beautiful mall. God I bless mean, you. They took that 60 and invested it. So it was really more than that. I get It really more than was. That. You did. You did. Um, the other quote that I want to read is something else that David Nelson alleged in the whistleblower allegation. It said, while accumulating this wealth, Enzyme has not directly funded any religious, educational, or charitable activities in 22 years. Now, he did not have access to all the books to prove this. So, you know, again, it's an allegation. Right. But in the time that he worked there, he never saw Enzyme fund any religious, educational, or charitable activities. Yeah. It just was a big money vacuum, just sucking on yeah. the dick of all the Mormon members <laughs> and swallowing all their, all their sweet, sweet tithing cum. <laughs> Into its belly of investments. That I, I feel like I really played that metaphor out to the end. That was really like good. I didn't really, you know, sometimes you start the metaphor and you lose the thread and then, you know, but no, like oh. they were it was sucking on the dick of the Mormonism, yeah, yeah. swallowing all the cum of dollars yeah. into the belly of the investment <laughs> fund. I mean, that was good. That was really spot on. Okay. Sometimes you're pretty good at this. 
I mean, sometimes, you guys. <laughs> sometimes. Okay, which which takes me to Twitter. So social media has been blowing up about this. And what did you say earlier? Like you're you have created a new account because yeah. your last so account you deleted. I deleted my last account because I was depressed and I hate myself. And Twitter <laughs> made me hate myself more. I have recently rejoined Twitter. I follow like sixty <clears throat> people. Like it's very small. And, and so you get through it quickly. Yeah, I can just scroll the t- like I read for three minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm out of tweets. Out of it. Not not the last two days because it's all <laughs> everybody's everybody retweets. Everybody liking. And let me say, it's both the Mo's defending this action mm-hmm. and being like, I mean, that makes sense, you guys. <laughs> I mean, we all need a rainy day slush fund of a hundred billion dollars, you guys. Have you listened to Susie Ormond? Yeah. Um, and the Exmos being like, what the literal fuck? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so tell us what the twits are saying. So the first account, I'm, uh, the first tweet is that I want to mention is from the account called Mr. Kruger's Advent. <laughs> and, it's a delightful name. Um, Cheers to you, Mr. Kruger. He has a whole thread about it, but I'm just going to read a couple of them. One, oh, is this the one you posted on the Hot Drinks Instagram? Yeah. I thought this was actually a really excellent, <clears throat> excellent thread. He says $100 billion is so much money it's not just a cash reserve for a bad year it's an amount of money that could meaningfully impact human suffering on a scale that actually matters for the world like on a global scale it's more money than an entire annual gdp of many countries yeah yeah um and then going down a little bit to the decision to save that much money instead of directing it towards something good is a moral choice. Yeah. It is not a neutral choice. It's not just a, oh, well, we can just, this is a, a good amount right. of money to just sit on. It's not that kind of money. It's, no. it's astronomical. He said, it's looking at poverty and suffering that you have the power to actually fix and saying, nah, it is more important that I have enough money to run my organization the way I currently do with no more tithing for the next 20 years or whatever. Right. It's monstrous. Right. So the next account... That's what's so absurd about this whole thing is that, like, the church as it exists now is going to continue to bring in money because they have 15 million members. I mean, that number is far overblown because there are many people that I know that are technically still members that are not writing writing tithing checks. But the church is, you know, estimated to receive about $7 billion a year in tithing. Yeah. So even (coughs) even if they were spending this money... There, it's there is still money coming in. It's not like it's not like they have to. Yeah. It's not like they have to operate in a vacuum where, yeah. where they'll never receive another penny. <laughs> and again, reminder: this is one investment arm of the church that we know about. We don't know anything about real estate holdings. We don't know anything about you know the money that they bring in from things like City Creek or th- you know right. or anything like that. Right. We you know we don't know about other investment arms that yeah. they may have that yeah. that are not talked about because before this had anyone heard of Enzyme Peak Investors mm, or whatever? No. No. So like this is not like the this is not like every penny that the church has in the bank. <clears throat> this is one investment arm. Anyway, go ahead. The next account I want to read from is called Sad Fat Bitch. <laughs> And it says, if the Mormon... I love you, sad fat bitch. If the Mormon church split the 100 billion evenly among 15 million members, that would be $6,666 per person. I mean, that's hot. It's kind of a All satanic number. All those sixes, number. kind of, with an extra one in there, just just for good measure. Right. I want to say something about that, okay. too. Yeah. I have a comment about everything. Okay, good. If you are listening to Hot Drinks, if you are part of the gentle listenership, and you are a lawyer... Can we is can we <clears throat> file a class action lawsuit against the church and get our tithing back? I will be I will be the poster child for that class action lawsuit. Yeah, because I'm a homosexual. <laughs> I gave tens of thousands of dollars to uh-huh. the church over the years. Yeah, w- with the promise that that money was being used to build the organization of the church. I was then essentially kicked out of the church because mm-hmm. of who I was. Because and I'm a protected class. I was asked to leave the church and told that I did not have a place there right. and therefore forfeited all of those tens of thousands that I gave. So is that a class action lawsuit? If you're a lawyer listening, please weigh in because like, let's start a class action lawsuit sponsored by hot drinks, TM trademark <laughs> where we sue the church and everyone. This is, I was thinking about this. What if there was a class action lawsuit where 
there was a big, you know, a class of people, hence class action, suing the church to get their tithing money back. And all the active Mormons, like, couldn't sign up for the class action <laughs> because that would be, like, a, that would be, like, against their religion. Right. But they'd be like, fuck, I want my $50,000 oh, oh, back. Oh, they'd find a way to rationalize oh, they being a part would. of it. They oh, completely yeah. would. But wouldn't that be great if, if all the postmos were like, just got my check from the Mormons for $47,000. There would be the Mormons who would just be like, whatever. There would be the Mormons who would find a way to get yeah, involved. And then right. there'd be the Mormons who were like... That's that's devil money. I don't need that filthy lucre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't that be that would be so fun. Yeah, it would. I know it'll never happen, but that would be so fun if you were like, cash in that check for twenty three thousand dollars. What's the first thing you and would do? And the Mormons are like the Mormons are like, I'm going to church at nine AM <laughs> to teach the primary. <laughs> I mean the first thing I do is pay off debt. I have so much fucking debt. What's the first fun thing you would do? Pay off debt. What's the next fun thing you would do? I mean that would use up all the money. <laughs> and I would still owe I would still owe a lot of money. I mean, same. You guys. God, if there's, if, the, if you're a list again, if you're a gentle listener and you want Sister Twain and I to send like feet pics and you just want to like pay off both of our debt. I mean, our DMs are open. Slide in just, feet, yeah. people. Or really whatever. If you're going to pay off my debt, I'll send whole pics. <coughs> I'll send all yeah. the pics. Yeah. We both will. I mean, I look like a Barbie down there. It's tight like unto a dish. Yeah. <laughs> like the brother of Jared said. I, I don't have inner labia. I don't even know what that... <laughs> I didn't know there were multiple, like, zones to the labia. But then someone who I sent a picture to was like, you do. <laughs> and I was like, barely. I can't even see it. How did you see it? Anyway. Uh, so next- I just want to mention really quick before you go onto Twitter... We had a little Harry Styles. Oh no! Oh no! We had a little brunch here on Sunday with Sister Twain and some other friends, and I'm not going to mention names just just to protect the innocent. (laughs) And at one point, there was a discussion of everyone showing their vagines to each other, and I was like, "It's fine, you guys. I'll go upstairs. (laughs) I got some laundry to fold." Yeah. I don't think it ever actually happened. It didn't. um, But you could have talked about your inner and outer labia. I could have, and I have no problem just like spreading spreading it out. My I mean, labia. I, I don't either. I mean, you I don't have, have labia? a no. I don't have a labia. Oh, but I a just labia. think like, like if someone on the internet's like send me a nude, I'm like okay. Oh, I mean, should I oh, admit that? Same. On, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't fucking care. Oh god no. Should I admit that on a podcast listened to by thousands of people? Uh, I'm I using think... the word thousands loosely, I'm but saying... we'll get there. Thousands of people. All right. The next tweet I want to read is from an account called Cup of Skepticism. <laughs> Some quick Google figures. World hunger can be eliminated for thirty billion a year with this one account. Wait, did I already read this? No, you read it before our with this one out. account, the LDS church could feed the entire world for three plus years. But real like really just take a moment and think about that. <laughs> the world. The whole world. Food. Like, think of how many people die every year or suffer every year because of hunger. And I understand that three plus years is not it's not a. It's not a. It's not going to solve all the problems or whatever. Mm-hmm. But even if the church has said we're going to spend for the next year, we're going to make sure everyone <clears throat> in the world has food on their table, and we are going to you know use the other, you know, ninety million and the seventy million in this account to try to figure out how we can continue this effort. Uh-huh. Like, how much would that change the world? Yeah, you know. Oh. Mm. Anyway, mm. but just build more pretty temples. It's fine. Then let's let's take a little break. Oh, okay. I was just going to read one more. Okay, well, read one more. Was it going to be one more? No, it was, it was a couple more. So okay. we can take a break. Let's take a break. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Are you mad at me? God damn it. Are you mad because I want to take a break? Yeah. Do I seem mad? Why are we fucking fighting about taking I, a break? We need to take a break. I hate you. We're at twelve minutes and thirty four seconds. This is a long segment. Do you hate me? Why are you mad at me? You know, someone else hates us. Who? Ha- oh, our two-star review? Yeah. They hate your laugh. They gave us two stars. You guys, I, lo- I love nothing more than a two-star or a one-star review. Now, I'm not saying that to say you should write those because I want all of you who are listening to write a five-star review. But whenever there's a two-star review that's like, these idiots. <laughs> they why think do- they're so cool. Why do they think they're so cool? <laughs> I'm just like, that's what I think. Every night when I go to get in bed and just pull my blankets up, I just think, I'm so fucking cool. You all know that's what I think. 
And guess what? Guess what else they hate? What? Your laugh. What? 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 That laugh you just did. They I, fucking hate that laugh. Do you laugh. think they can really hear me? Two stars for that laugh. <laughs> Look, I know my laugh is in everyone's cup of tea. Are we supposed to take a break? We've We're also to take gotten other letters from people that have said, <laughs> oh your laugh is like their most favorite thing ever. I know. So, so, so fuck you, Linda, and your two star review. Yeah. Anyway, take a break. Oh, God. Oh, here are the, the words, words of, of my, my mouth. mouth. Okay, so. <laughs> that reminds me of the time that um, I used to go to Trivia with Brother Tiancom, and sometimes yes. you would come. Oh, and, I, those were good old days. Yeah. We missed you, Brother Tiancom. Um, Let's go to Trivia. At Piper Down, and um, we chose a name for our trivia group, which was Sure Sign of the Nail. That was a good one. And there was a night... Where there was this, you know, it's different groups every time. Sometimes you have your regular groups. Sometimes you have your groups that like show up. So let's see if this is fun. And there was this one married couple playing as a group. And when they announced our team name, the husband went, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Why were they at Piper Down? It's a bar. I don't know. Um, Okay, a couple more tweets. Okay. And then, excuse me. Are any of them for me? Do you want me to read your No, tweets? it's fine. Because yours are good. No, I mean, I already said it. That Yo, if you yeah, took that money, you, say it. you could spend a million dollars for 273 years. This one is from Sago Lily Faith. And at first when I was reading it, I was reading it with my phone a little far away. And I thought it was Sago Lily Filth. <laughs> and I'm really disappointed that it's not. Sago Lily Filth, if you're listening, <laughs> will you change your avatar name <laughs> to Sago Lily Filth? One time as a college student, I quit paying tithing because I needed to buy food. I felt horrifically guilty about it. And when I got a job, I went back to not eating and paid back, paid back tithing like an idiot. Yeah. Um, Which I don't think is like that uncommon. Like I think, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a Nevermo, and I know we have a few Nevermos listening, you know, there, the, I think it was in the Washington Post article that said that the... <clears throat> that the Catholic Church, which has like 175 million members, is estimated to bring in $8 billion a year in tithes and offerings. And the Mormon Church, which has 15 million members, brings in $7 billion. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not, it's not this casual thing that, like, certain people give money or you give alms or you give these offerings to the church. Like, it's literally a part of your worthiness and your faith that you are required yeah. to donate this money. And there's no... You know, I was messaging a Mormon friend of mine about this this whole hullabaloo, and she basically said, like, well, I feel bad for those people, but, like, you know, that's what you – and this is a Mormon friend. I feel bad for those people, but that's what you get if you if you give money to someone who isn't transparent about where their finances are going. And I was just like, <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, you don't have that option when you're a member right. to say, yeah. you know what, Bishop, I am going to – consciously object to paying tithing. <laughs> you don't have that option. And not pay it because I don't, because the church isn't transparent about where the money's going. Right. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you can, but then you will be disciplined. You might be kicked out of the church. You won't be able to go, you know, you won't be able to take the sacrament. You won't be able to, all these things, uh-huh. like all these parts of the church, yeah. you won't be able to participate in. So there is no consciously objecting. Like that is one of the fundamental you know, parts of Mormonism is that you pay that money. It and really if you is. don't pay that money, you're not an active, worthy member of the church. Right. You're not in real, and you're not, uh, well, let's throw on top of the fact that if you don't pay a full tithe, you can't go to the temple. Right. Um, but they also jokingly call tithing your fire insurance. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there is a scripture that they cite, who the fuck knows where anymore, um, that it keeps you from fire and brimstone. Yeah. And so with that in the back of your mind, even if you can't stomach the thought of paying a full tithe, you have to choose, well, paying a par- partial tithe, which is a thing. Yeah. Is the lesser evil than not paying at all. Yeah. And at least that helps me in the whole like fire insurance situation. Right. Right. So there's actual fear. Oh, completely. Fear there. Completely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so I don't want to mention any names because I haven't asked these people's permissions, but 
we have some friends who have reached out to their friends and family members who are Mormon and said, hey, you need to take a look at this because this is really despicable that the church is hoarding this money that it's taking. I mean, and again, it's not just from like the single mom in in Cedar City. Uh-huh. It's also from like families in like Guatemala who literally have like who are making like dollars a day yes. that are then scraping together this portion to give to the church. Like it is from the poorest of the poor. Uh-huh. You know, it literally like if you want to be scriptural about it, it's literally the widow who's giving the widow's might right, right. to the church. Like giving the tiniest bit of, of what they can yeah. to go into this $100 billion fund. So we've had some friends that have been reaching out to family members. And a lot of the responses are just like, well, I've never suffered because of having to pay tithing. Right. And so therefore, it must not be a thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's like it's the height of privilege for a bunch of like middle class white people living in the United States to say like, well, it's never been a burden for me to pay tithing. Uh-huh. And in fact, I felt the blessings from paying tithing. Yeah. yeah. So why is this an issue? Exactly. You know? Right. And and when I was a member, I had such a testimony of tithing because I really believed that when I paid that money that I was blessed and rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped going to church and I stopped going paying my tithing and all of those things. And I still call them tithing blessings to this day because it makes me laugh. <laughs> but all of those things that I would have called tithing blessings, you know, when like, a check shows up in the mail, some refund from some credit card that you didn't know you were getting or, you know, whatever. Like just those those kind of random bits of money that flow in that you weren't expecting. Like when I was a member, I was like, oh, that was a tithing blessing. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not a member, I'm like, oh, I still got a tithing blessing even though I haven't paid tithing <laughs> for five years. But like, you know, we all have those moments where just like a surprise bit of money comes in or, a, or an opportunity comes up where you're going to make a little extra cash. And when you're a Mormon, you're taught to give credit to those things to God and to continue to funnel money into the church because that's what makes those things happen. Mm-hmm. And then you leave the church and they still keep happening. Right. Bingo. Um, one of my favorite parts of a tweet was from Rachel Swan. And she said, you cannot Jesus your way out of manipulation of this magnitude. No. I and, mean, you can and they will. And they, <laughs> but, I mean, I agree But with if her. Jesus is real. Yeah. Um. And then she started out by talking about how when she was 21, year old, 21 years old and she had a baby and was making $600 a month, she was repeatedly told that if she didn't pay her tithing, she wouldn't be able to take the sacrament, go to the temple, or be with her family in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Just those small consequences. And then there's another one who uh, replied in this thread. Um, she, this, this one is from Masked Mom. She actually starved in college to pay tithing. As a kid, she was malnourished. She didn't have her needs met, but her mom always paid tithing, regardless, yeah. regardless. This is, the, this is the thing that really sticks in my craw about this. Is that a saying y'all say down in Louisiana? It's shown up Real, real sticks in my craw. It sticks in my craw. No, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> or Southern. Or Southern. <laughs> I believe that Jesus was a queer witch, and that, it's a whole other Oprah. That's, However, that's more like Boston. Boston? Or Vermont. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. Pacific Northwest. If you go and read all of the things that Jesus said <laughs> in the Bible, in the Book of Mormon, how many times did he talk about gay people? Well, never. <laughs> how many times did he talk about, um, I don't know, alcoholics? Like, never. Like Never. The, the people that Jesus talked about the most in the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and condemned the most and called to repentance the most were the wealthy. Yeah. Were people who put <laughs> the making of money so good. ahead of the taking care of the poor and the needy. Yeah. Like he went into the temple and he knocked over the tables and he cast out all the money makers and he said that a, that a rich man could, could sooner get into heaven as a camel could go through the eye of a needle and he talked about how, you know, in the Book of Mormon, there's so many stories about how people became prideful mm-hmm. and they had a lot of money and they cared more about their beautiful buildings and their beautiful lives than they cared about the poor and needy. And the Mormons <laughs> are going to church and are reading these scriptures uh-huh. and are then writing checks to that to said church uh-huh. that is going into a giant $100 billion fund. Uh-huh. 
And the church is contributing something like, I don't remember the last figure, but something like $40 million a year in in like humanitarian aid, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. Like that is not a small amount of money. Sure. But if you're taking in $7 billion a year in tithing and you're paying $40 million of it out in humanitarian aid, uh-huh. then that flies so in the face of the teachings of Jesus, who mm-hmm. you so profess to be yeah. the religion of. Yeah. That that it, that is all about helping the poor and the needy, and and eschewing like these signs of money and wealth and whatever. Like when I was a I was a Mormon missionary in Rome, Italy, and we would shit talk the Catholics all the time because they built these big cathedrals and they had gold plating on these thrones, and we just thought, oh, this is the whore of the earth, yeah, because they are spending all this money <laughs> on these showy signs of wealth. And now here are the Mormons building a giant multi-billion dollar mall in downtown Salt Lake and building these temples that cost thousands of dollars. No, they don't have a golden throne inside. But, like, we're still spending that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, I have I talked about furniture in the temples before? I don't think you have. This is a (laughs) – I won't go on for this for long. (laughs) But I used to work for a high-end interior design firm in Utah – and I knew a lot of interior designers who worked for Mormon temples, like who worked for the – who helped do the interior design inside the temples, like buy the furniture, buy the tables, buy the accessories. And the lines that the Mormon church uses are the top of the line furniture lines mm. in the country. Yeah. Where, well, maybe not top of the line, but very high-end lines where you are paying $7,000 for a sofa uh-huh. and $8,000 for a chair yeah. and $14,000 for a coffee table. Uh-huh. Like, so it's not a gold-plated throne, but but the those couches you yeah. are sitting on, on in the celestial room yeah. are $10,000 couches. Exactly. Those are not $300 couches from Archie Willie. Right. Those are $10,000 couches yeah. from high-end furniture companies. Yeah. So it just stalks in my craw <laughs> that... That the Mormon church was so about like, no, we're the true religion of Jesus. Jesus didn't teach any of this. Mm -mm. Jesus not one time said you should stockpile wealth for a rainy day. Right. Or you should should take from the poorest and the neediest amongst you and put it into an investment fund to grow more money for later. Yeah. Like not a single time. Never. Never. What, What all he talked about was giving money to the poor and helping the needy. And, you know, uplifting the downtrodden. And and he never talked about ornate temples either. No, because not what once. what the important thing that happens in the temple, if you're Mormon, is the ordinances. Right. And so and you don't need to be sitting on a ten thousand dollar sofa you could do to those, have that ordinance. You could do those anywhere. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Well. So I guess the conclusion is fuck those Mormons. <laughs> my favorite thing, my parting thought is my favorite thing is when this is being reposted by, you know, a fellow ex-Mormon or what have you, this article. Right. And maybe just a little blurb about how you feel about it. Right. And I have friends who are being met with responses from their Mormon family members that, that go something like this. You have so much hate inside of you. Right. I wish you weren't so angry. Right. I'm sorry that you're bitter. Right. And I talked about this on my Instagram tonight, my personal one, but like, why is that their first line of defense? Right, right, right. You're pointing out something that's... That's wrong. That's that's actually like fact. Right. And that means I have hate. Right. But I mean, if you think about it, like... It's kind of the same with my mom and pot and science. Like it doesn't matter what science says about pot. It's right. like crystal meth. Right. It's what. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> hey, what's your mom's name on this podcast? Anita. Hey, Anita. Oh, oh Anita, no, Anita, no. You should know better. And so I don't know the words. Anyway, butter, butter. Are we taking a break? No, we're ending it. Oh, we're ending it. This yeah. is the end. This is it. Okay. It's a breve. Okay, but I I just have to do all the spiels at the end. All right, go ahead. Okay, so. I'm going to get some cake. <laughs> you guys, there's a spice cake at Trader Joe's right now that has a cream cheese cinnamon frosting. It's $8.99. When I bought it, I said to myself, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to eat this whole goddamn cake yourself. But Sister Twain's here tonight, and she's had two pieces. So that's two pieces that I don't have to eat. Anyway, please let us know what you think about 
the Mormon Church hoarding all your tithing money at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash hotdrinks. You can also always subscribe to our Patreon where you can give us your money and we'll invest it in a $100 billion fund. (laughs) And that is at www.patreon.com slash hotdrinks. Um, you will get such exciting brevets. I'm about to post one where Sister Avinati, who you may remember, who was a trans sex worker, um, she and I talked about uh, queer queer media that we enjoyed. So that's an, a, that's something you get if you're a Patreon. Uh, didn't, you, didn't you just post a Demi Toss? Um, no. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you get those. So go to our Patreon, check that out. You can subscribe. We send you presents. Oh, and then one last thing. I wanted to mention really briefly, uh, one of our top tier patrons get a gift in the mail every month. This month, our patrons got a beautiful piece of jewelry from Aspera Jewelry. They're kind of our unofficial sponsor this month. But if you um, are a patron, you get free gifts like some jewelry in the mail. Mm-hmm. But you should go to AsperaJewelry.com and check out their beautiful jewelry made by a beautiful, gentle listener. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that's all. Um, thank you for sending us a hundred billion dollars. It's really, <laughs> it's really helped us uh, make this podcast what it is. Sister Twain's eating that cake like, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> like the like global warming has come. The floodwaters have risen, and she found a cake. She found an old dry cake like in an old refrigerator somewhere, <laughs> floating in the water when Montana was flooded, and she just pried it open and ate that cake. That's what's happening. Anyway, we love you all. We love you so much. And I, I love you extra special tonight because I've had a hot toddy and weed. Yes. And and I do want to say, and then I'm going to stop talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, our Lord and Savior, CJ in Christ, posted this on her Insta stories tonight. I thought it was actually really important. <clears throat> Whenever there's these big bombshells from the church, it can be really difficult. And it can be triggering. And there can be a lot of anger. And there can be a lot of emotion associated with it. So take care of yourselves this week. Feel free to reach out to us if yeah. you need to vent, reach out to a friend, have a drink and complain about it. But like, it's painful and it's hard. And and I think many of us have learned that this is when you're like, oh, I've got to talk to my family about this. And then your family's like, we are pieces of shit and we don't, <laughs> we don't care what you say because we love Jesus more than we love you. So if you're experiencing that, just know that we love you and we're here to support you. And come to our party on Friday and have some drinks and um, let's spend this hundred billion we've made. Friday at seven PM. Yeah. Get on our Instagram for all the instructions. And if you just are one of those assholes who's like, I'm not downloading in any social media thing, then find our event bright. Okay. It's called a Dolly Christmas Hot Drinks Christmas Party. Event bright. You can dress like Dolly if you want. I'm not going to. I I hope no one dresses up. I'll be really mad if they do. I mean, that's so much pressure. (laughs) But if you do want to dress up, we still love you. You probably will see my tits. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you Friday. We love you all.